0: Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we're continuing in chapter 4 of the exciting book of Acts, and we have been in this Bible uh, chapter for I think five or six studies already, and we'll continue on through it until we get to the end of it and then move on to the next one. And I'm looking forward to what God has for us today. Of course, you know if you've been listening that Acts chapter 4 is the result of some things that took place in Acts chapter 3, and it's simply a continuation, just a rolling on of the events that took place there as John and Peter walked to the temple and a lame man was healed by the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ. Now, before we get into the Bible study today, I want to remind you, you say, I haven't caught those prior Bible studies. Well, all of them are available for you on our podcast. Our podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. Just go and type in Striving for Revival, and you'll find us there. And for free, you can subscribe and have access to all of the Bible studies that we've done. It's not something that costs you anything. It's not something to make money. It's just something that is a tool that we hope will help you as you, like us, try and study the Bible and know more about God. And i tell you this much. We might go overboard in some areas of life but we'll not go overboard in the area of bible study reading our bible looking to see what god has for us inside the covers of his holy word now in acts chapter 3 i mentioned briefly peter and john were on their way to the temple they're going during the hour of prayer and as they walk by the beautiful gate a lame man is there asking for alms Peter and John look on him and say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And that man putting his faith in what Peter said is grabbed by the hand of Peter, rises up and he's no longer lame. Now he's leaping and he's praising God. Many folks wonder at that. They can't deny it. A miracle has just taken place, but... Some of the Jewish leadership, the priest, the leader of the temple, they see this, this and get upset. They arrest Peter and John and bring them before the council, the high priest, and all of them are gathered together. Peter begins to preach in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he preaches the resurrection. And he tells them, there are only one name under heaven you can be saved by, and that's the name of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And they begin to threaten Peter. Peter and John, they know they're unlearned and ignorant. And they say, well, these fellows ought to quit preaching in the name of Christ. And let's read that today and make some comments on it. And look at what it says here in verse 14. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So the council sees this man that had been broken and crippled, this man who had been lame, they see him now made whole. And because of that, they, they can't say anything against what God has done. Verse 15, but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men for that indeed a notable miracle? So they're not denying the fact this is a miracle. That must have made the Sadducees a little irritated, but they said there's been a miracle and it's a notable one. It's all over the place that God has done this. A notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name." And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Now, here's what's happened. These men have preached the gospel. The Jewish leadership doesn't like it. They're anti-Christ and anti-God and anti-gospel. They don't want this new uh, movement to get any traction and grow. So they threaten Peter and John. They're already, their are prisoners. They are held captive. And now they threaten them and say, from now on, do not witness, don't speak to anyone in this name. Now, you might be listening and think, wow, that's a horrible situation. I can't imagine that. Well, before long, brother, it'll be that way here. I guarantee it. The way our country is going, the way the world is turning, the way that politics are drifting, and the way that everybody is leaning anti-Bible, anti-church, anti-God, it won't be long before the freedom that we've enjoyed, I'm talking about not the freedom that's in Christ, but the legal freedom The protection of religious liberty that we've had will be stripped away. Now, Christians ought not get too uptight about that, because we don't need religious liberty for Christianity to flourish. In fact, you'll find if you study history, even here in the book of Acts, that Christianity was stronger when it was the enemy of the state to some degree. When it didn't have it so easy, when it was not so accepted by the world, when things were a little bit more anti what they were trying to do down at the house of god persecution has never been a detriment to the church it's not enjoyable we would not choose it i don't want it you don't want it but you study it out often persecution is the pathway to revival church planning mission work sinners being saved uh, souls being stirred awakenings taking place and it starts not with ease or comfort it starts in affliction and so you find them telling them now peter and john you can't preach now you got to make a decision what do they do well, I mean, do they do they get out of the furnace? What do they do? Do they do they try to run from the threat? What do they do? Do they comply? They lay down, they bow the knee and say, you know what, if you don't want us to, then we won't do it. Now, what are they going to do? The Bible said in eight verse 18, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Now, here's what they decide. Verse 19, but Peter and John answer. Now, like it doesn't say they deliberated. They didn't meet with their team of lawyers. They didn't consensus their friends. They didn't ask for a majority vote on the thing. They decided, decided. Peter and John, in their heart, already had the thing settled. How? They, they knew it was right. When you know what's right, then go ahead and do it. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. So they're saying, now, if you think that you're a higher authority than Jehovah God, and if you think that we should obey you instead of him, we'll leave that up to you. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I like what they say. How can we, how, how can we cease? How can we stop? How can we be constrained in this thing? We've been saved by the grace of God, set free. I mean, all of these uh, people that have been saved lately, we've seen God's hand at work, miracles taking place. How can we? There's no way that we can be quiet on this matter. There's no way that we can comply with your threats here. There's no way that we can bow to your pressure We have got to preach in his name. There's a fire that burns inside. There's a constraining that is on the inside. There is a moving of God that is on the inside, and we can't help it. Even if we tried to be quiet, the rocks would cry out, we're going to keep preaching Jesus. We're going to keep singing Jesus. We're going to keep planting churches. That's what we're going to do. Now, that ought to be the Christian response. Now, as much as life within you live peaceably with all men, and you and I ought to obey authority, we are not anarchists. Amen. We obey authority. We understand authority has been given and placed in this position by God, that God is the author of authority. We understand that. We believe that. Romans teaches that. We obey the higher powers. But whenever government blatantly goes against God, the Christian must follow his conviction, his conscience, and the Holy Spirit. And we are aligned with God before government. Every single time. We ought to obey God rather than man. All right, so here's what takes place all bark, no bite. Verse 21. So when they had further threatened them, so all they're doing is threatening. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to lock you up. I'll tell you what, we're going to find you. I'll tell you what, you're going to be in trouble. They just had words. They threatened them, but here's what they did they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because. Of the people, I tell you how you win: get a crowd. More folks get saved, more churches planted. We could swing this thing. You know, an election doesn't swing a nation, reform doesn't swing a nation, but revival does, awakening does, soul winning does. They had a crowd there. They they had all these people because of the people. They were scared to uh, enforce anything in the life of Peter or John. All right, so because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. They were all praising God because of the miracle. Verse 22, for the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. This man had been so beat down and broken and battered, he was crippled, he'd been that way maybe 40 years his entire life, laying there begging for mercy. The world could provide no mercy, the doctors of the law could provide no mercy, but Christ gave him what he needed. Changed this man for time and eternity, made this lame man whole, and there was nothing the world could say against the change in the lame man. Keep preaching Christ no matter the threat. Keep preaching Christ no matter the pressure. It's right to do right. Bob Jones Sr., do right till the stars fall and then do right. Well, that's all of our time for today. We'll finish out this next section, verse 23 through 31, probably next broadcast. Until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.